Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Gravity Falls. Oh, I've meant to write it down and then I didn't. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. This is Kate Kalzik, and I, yes, I meant to write down the names that are in Grunkle Stan's viewing to use as the introductions. I was like watching this week's episodes of Gravity Falls and they and they had the cast names for that old timey movie. And I was like, oh, perfect. I'll use these. And then I didn't write it down. And I've of course forgotten them. And I can't think of a quick way to pull them up. So, well, one was the Duchess Elizabeth. Okay. And here with the Duchess Elizabeth to my person, I can't remember, like uh, costumes by like Pepe or something like that. You know, something, something. like that. Uh, is Alison Shoemaker. Noel is on assignment. He will not be able to join us today. Uh, but he'll be back next week. Uh, Allison, how are you feeling about these episodes of Gravity Falls? We had uh, two episodes, episode five and six, uh, which was The Inconveniencing and Dipper versus Man- Manliness. Uh, I really liked both these episodes. I was glad to spend some more time with Wendy and sort of see what the fuss is about there. Um, I thought that was a really fun, unexpected twist on the haunted house trope and a good... Um, argument for honesty as a, <laughs> as something that can help fight ghosts. Um, so I was very into that. And, um, and I really dug Dipper versus Manliness, love a deconstruction of toxic masculinity, um, love an excellent voice cast. Uh, I'm sure there are some people that I missed, but, um, but I uh, clocked Jennifer Coolidge because Jennifer Coolidge is Lazy Susan, yes? Yes. Um, and I'm sure there are some others. But uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. The names of the various manators were just delightful. Uh, I was particularly fond of Pituitor, but there are <laughs> lots of lots of good ones. Yeah, definitely. Well, and that's like of the two episodes. If if I was going to look at a uh, like a synopsis and go like, it would be that one. But then it's just so delightful how they execute it. So it's it's super fun. But let's let's start with the inconveniencing. And uh, this is, you know, like you said, some overdue time with Wendy, uh, who is, I think, pretty delightful. I like that they have now established that that the the twins are twelve, and I assume Wendy's like sixteen or something like that, right? And uh, so I, I like that they have that very clearly, so that we're you're, we're keep we can keep track of you know, the dynamics for everyone pretty easily. I also enjoy that Mabel's response to we're 13 was, is it a leap, leap year? It's like, that's not how leap years work. But that is the <laughs> kind of thing that I can imagine being like, wait, maybe I forgot something. That extra day, like added a year. Um, yeah, it was, it was also, I think, you know, I guess our not our first real foray out of the shack, but uh, because we with little Gideon, but but I feel like it was some of our most significant like full episode adventure, completely away from Grunkle Stan and this other stuff. So I so I I thought it was it was pretty fun. Um, I liked Mabel's journey with the Sharpie uh, to you know overdosing on fun dip basically. Uh, it's delightful. Uh, where, where should we start? Let's start. Let's start with Wendy because I think other people like Wendy more than I do. I think Wendy is fine. Um, Wendy is like supposed to be the cool kid um, who Dipper definitely sits uh, awake at night thinking about. Um, though the fact that it takes five episodes is interesting to me. I'm surprised it took mm-hmm. five episodes to get him there. Um, but I think you know she's still pretty generic, and I don't remember that changing in a meaningful way over the course of the run. So 
maybe I'm forgetting stuff, but you know, I will be curious to ask Noel his thoughts next week. But, uh, but, but by the end of the episode, I feel like we know, yeah, she's solid. And that's about it. I want more for Wendy still. Yeah, I agree. I, um, I feel like a lot of my <laughs> enjoyment of Wendy is, based on the fact that Linda Cardellini is voicing her. And I don't necessarily even mean that in terms of her performance, although it's good and she's engaging and, um, you know, it's very, I guess, laid back. Like Wendy definitely seems like she would be pretty cool to hang out with. Let me put, no, actually, let me rephrase. Having worked a lot of retail, Wendy is your dream retail coworker. Um, She just, she's not incredibly obnoxious or pushy um, and, She's down with fucking around and whatnot, um, but isn't an absolute nightmare to work with. Anyway, um, but there's just not a ton to her yet. I have to admit that I was sort of assuming this was a jumping off point. Like she and Dipper have this rapport now and there's an understanding on her part of how it is that he would want would like to be perceived and why it is that that's important to him and that that's more valuable than the admittedly really excellent story of him doing the lammy lammy dance in a lamb costume because <laughs> um, that's it's a that's a much better story than beating up ghosts with a baseball bat um so i feel like we've get an inkling of her being a good solid person and then that's about it so i'm hoping that maybe your memory is wrong and she is going to get more interesting and specific whereas now she just seems sort of like um i don't know i don't necessarily mean generic as a dig but like a like a sort of generic cool girl mm-hmm. like a like a blandly cool girl um but a cool girl nonetheless. Well, but, and also a, you know, a welcomely free of quirks corner of, you know, Gravity Falls, because pretty much everybody else is quirky in some way. And she's just very, it's very Stevie from uh, uh, Schitt's Creek so far. So. Yes, that's a great comparison. We'll see, you know, we'll see what else happens. And as Marcus points out, perfect foil for the mystery shack. Like, that's exactly, you know, who you would want. It's like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, but also, you know, she will do the stuff she's she's supposed to do, you, you know. She's not going to go out in the middle of the woods and hang up signs everywhere, because uh, no. But she will, you know, sweep up the, the, the shop or whatever needs to actually get done. Um, so... She's responsible enough for a 16-year-old, uh, for a teenager. And she's got a cool hangout spot on the roof, which, that's the dream. <laughs> I would have much more enjoyed working at an Apple store if I had gotten to hang out on the roof of the Old Orchard Mall afterwards. I definitely, uh, when I was a kid, it was used to be babysat by someone up, like who lived up the street, who we never were babysat by them again after we were hanging out on the roof. <laughs> They took us up to the roof to like, cause it was, it was a guess, similar kind of thing where like, like a window opened up and they had like, there was like a little platform area. And, uh, yeah, I don't remember the person. I remember the house, um, like the, the house looked like it was a certain shade of Brown and kind of a thing, but yeah, like, so I was having some, some, you know, memories like, oh, yeah. I remember that. Yep. That is definitely the thing that a teenager, teenager thinks is a good idea to do with middle schoolers that an adult says, no. What are you doing? Uh, I, but just she's just the epitome of cool girl. She rides a tree down to the van. <laughs> That's so cool. It's very and the the cooler that says cool, 
and the throwing of the pine cones, all really great. I love the comparison of um, of your sort of childhood babysitter, Kate, because she really does have slightly older babysitter vibes, right? Like old enough that she is definitely noticeably older, but not so old that she doesn't still speak kid language. So it can be kind of like a murky gray area sort of confusing like i have i have vivid memories of babysitters who were you know 15 or 16 when i was seven or eight not 12 but um i'm thinking like well we're sort of friends Mm -hmm. but sort of not can i have a snack it's very confusing (laughs) um but she's she's cool she's cool the writing the tree was especially cool um any of the friends make any impression on you Mm, not really. Um, I mean, it sort of seemed like there. Some of the jokes did the punching the ceiling that really made me chuckle. Um, and I feel like that's the kind of detail where you get a lot of backstory. Like I have a a good understanding of what that friend group dynamic is, and um, what the different roles people play, and who's the one with the car. Because there's always one, at the beginning. There's always one with a car and then people start to get more cars and it, you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, it was sort of generic teen archetypes to me. Um, and that's fine. I, if I am supposed to be invested in them, then the show didn't do a great job of it. But if I'm just supposed to hang out with them for an episode and maybe learn more about them later, then that is totally fine. What about you? Yeah, I thought it was more, uh, I, you know, I thought that they hit the, some of the beats well and they established the dynamic really quickly and really effectively. I actually had more fun with their individual hauntings than I did with the characters <laughs> themselves. So The hot dog was, is a high point. <laughs> um, For sure. Now this, like, what's the horror movie that this is taking the title from? Is it The Haunting or is it something else? Because the inconveniencing is like definitely a play on a horror movie title, but I don't I don't watch horror movies, so I don't remember which one it is. Hmm. I I'm sort of drawing a blank. I guess I just sort of assumed the haunting the the conjuring. Is it the conjuring? The conjuring. It's the conjuring. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's what it is. Uh, again, I have not seen it. I think that's a haunted house one. Um. Did. Did you like the, I mean, like I, the thing I still have questions and marks about you know, over my head is the, the eye, the brain and the, and the eyes and the ice box. What the hell that was? <laughs> Cause it feels very <laughs> different from everything else we get in this episode. Um, but I did like, uh, the escalation. I thought it built really nicely and the reveal of just. <laughs> The, the the rap music that was so taunting the the owners of the shop that they died immediately of heart attacks. Uh, I'm going to not tuck in my shirt. Yeah. Um, I thought that, that all played really well and was uh, quite a delightful reveal. <laughs> For me, the grace note of the whole thing was the, the sugar-addled Mabel getting possessed. Um, specifically then... The reveal of them holding her by her hair, and that's why her hair was going straight up instead of, like, the ghostly force driving her hair into the air. Um, That I I thought was particularly inspired. All of the Mabel stuff was what I responded to most strongly. All of her (laughs) sugar fantasies, (laughs) all of that, just really a delight. Yeah. Having, um, I I liked that at the end... She's like, she's going to eat the pack. And then she's like, no, bad. Uh, Because I think we've all been there with, like, if nothing else, a bag of Oreos. 
that, uh, oh, yeah. you know, it's like, I've had three sleeves. I probably shouldn't have another one. <laughs> but you like find yourself almost eating it before you hit it out of your hand. Uh, delightful. Yeah. Any, any final thoughts on the inconvenience scene besides, you know, it was fun. No, not really. It was fun. I, I guess I, like I said, I hope that you are, um, that your memory of not much more development for Wendy is incorrect because she was fun to hang out with, but pretty, pretty vague mm-hmm. as of now. Well, we'll see. I look forward to finding out. This is going to be fun with our journey through, this, through the first season. Um, so for Dipper versus Manliness, let's dive in with these Minotaurs because we had Pituitar, <laughs> um Did the one kid get haunt eaten by the cereal bird? Um... I think they all made it out. I think they, I think they, I do think they made it all out. We just kind of see them crawling out of various corners of the store at the end. Um, I, I don't think they, I don't think anybody got permanently taken, but I could be wrong. So, uh, Marcus, if you, yeah, if you, if, if you're remembering something that we forgot, let us know. Um, but we've got, uh, in, for the Manitars, again, Pituitar. We've got, um, who are the other ones? They don't have it listed on IMDb, but um, obviously he's Destructor is supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, there's, um, there's Pituitar and there was a, there's a Testosterone, yeah. Testosterone Tower, Tower, Lederar. Yeah, oh, oh. Oh, uh, Chutzpah was a great favorite of mine, and I also really liked Beardy. Yeah, Beardy was good. Yeah, yeah, it is Beardy. Uh, Marcus says Leader R, which is good. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And then we had the Multi Bear at the at the end. Um, the the voice casting I was entertained by was both Will Forte as Tyler the cute biker, but also um, the uh, the Multi Bear voiced by Alfred Molina. I always yeah. am happy when Alfred Molina shows up. Um, which of these like corners of the episode most engage you? Cause I think, I think the, the most of them we're having is with Dipper, but I did really like the subplot threading through with Mabel and Grunkle Stan too. Well, if only because we got that song, keep shaving that hair off your <laughs> uncle, teach your uncle how to wear a cummerbund. I, the fact that we got a, a dual training montage and that we were watching Dipper attempt to become more like Grunkle Stan as we were watching Mabel attempt to make Grunkle stand more like Dipper was, uh, I thought, very clever. And the song was great. Um, really fun. Yeah. There's, it, there was entirely too much chest hair in this episode in just the perfect way. It was delightful. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm curious just how many disposable razors Mabel went through. Because uh, <laughs> you know it's not one. <laughs> you know it's more than one. Uh, yeah. The returning thread of this has been an afternoon i thought was pretty delightful um i don't think it makes any sense but in the best possible way um and i i don't remember if the manatars come back but it feels like something that easily could or the man bear multi bear sorry um if if one of these characters is going to come back who do you want it to be i mean i think the multi bear yeah i want more baba <laughs> I want them to listen. I want them to do some Baba at karaoke. Yeah, uh, the the notion that Baba is a thing to be uh, to be hidden is, of course, ridiculous. Uh, I was very much thinking of our recent RuPaul's Drag Race disco episode, uh, as as they were, you know, as Dipper was not not owning his love for for uh, Swedish or Scandinavian pop 
pop duos or, or pop groups. Um, the the stuff with with uh, Mabel and Lazy Susan and Grugglestan, uh, I yeah again I don't remember how much of a thread that is. I don't remember how much of it comes back. I feel like it does at some point. Uh, I just felt bad for Lazy Susan because she she's Lazy Susan, but she can't get the, the pies to turn. That's the kind of thing that would bug me. <laughs> I feel like the pies don't really need to turn, though. Do they? I've always... Those cases, you can always see all the pies. They're designed specifically to be able to see all the pies. I also have fun memories of a place that we would go when I was... Oh, yeah. That would have I love a diner with a pie case of any kind, especially if it's supposed to spin but is not spinning. <laughs> God, I miss diners. Yeah. Diners and movie theaters. And dive bars and being the only person at a concert who's bouncing up and down because everybody else is too cool to move. Mm -hmm. Those are the things I miss. Anyway. I went and picked up my violin from the shop today. It, it's been, the precious is back with me, which is very good because it's been at the shop for a couple weeks. Uh, and I walked past a diner that had people in it. And I was like, I do not support your life choices, but I look forward to being able to do what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I resent that you're in there, but I'm also jealous. Please go home so I can also do that. <laughs> uh, we've got a, at our new apartment, we've got a bar a couple of blocks down that's also a pool hall. And um, for the first time in a couple of weeks, I went out in the car yesterday and then drove back um, because of all the weather. Uh, but there were people in there playing pool without masks on. And it just made me livid. <laughs> just livid. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep, yeah. we're going to get there. That's okay, though. Let's focus back in. Uh, if, yes. if Dipper can take two lessons from his experience, the first one being just own that love of, of Baba, obviously. Baba. Top 40 is top 40 for a reason. This is one of my favorite pet arguments. Like, just get, get back to me when you can write I Want to Hold Your Hand, okay? Let's not shit on pop music. When you can write a song that's better than Toxic, mm -hmm. you can talk to me about how shitty pop music is. Anyway, that's so if that's lesson one. number one. What's lesson number two? Then what's lesson two? Um, uh, the grass is always greener on the other side of the hair removal fence. Um, <laughs> I was say the chest hair is always greener? Yeah, the chest hair is always greener. Uh, I feel like um, we should think of, oh, our physical selves less as needing to conform to any particular standard because everyone always has some standard that they think they need to conform to that they don't actually need to conform to. So if Mabel's trying to put Grunkle Stan in a cummerbund while um, Dipper is having manator tar hair glued to his chest <laughs> something is wrong here why can't we all just be who we are i hope that's the lesson he takes from it yeah i think that would be i mean also some of these like various man skills he was learning would actually be useful in oh yeah useful applications so hopefully he's holding on to some of that uh certainly if he's uh determined to keep digging around gravity falls with his uh shiny book and everything probably it would be handy to know how to you know craft a weapon um, but you know whatever jump over a chasm jump over a chasm i yeah that it shouldn't be stressful it's animated kate they're gonna be fine but uh but still uh marcus says it would be useful to be able to lift a stick more than five times yeah probably yes yes probably yes it would me. that's gonna be me when i start going back to the gym mm -hmm. <laughs> just like <laughs> uh, how does here's my box of dice i can't lift it <laughs> 
Well, uh, to to round up our conversation here, uh, any other final moments? Any other things we need to make sure to shout out? Um, Mabel better not lose that hair for her scrapbook. Poor Dipper worked so hard to have his yeah. body at its own pace produce the chest hair. Um, yeah. Um, I I just love Mabel. Um, I just lo- really love Mabel. I loved, uh, like we talked about all the candy stuff. I loved um, her pounding on the window and saying, hey, Dipper, it's me, Mabel. I'm talking to you through the glass. This is my voice coming through. Like that, <laughs> it just was wonderful. Um, so I guess my biggest impression is just that I just really, I just really love Mabel. What a great character. And Kristen Schaal is doing such a nice job. She has a very distinctive voice and it is uh, not always easy to forget the performer when someone's voice is that distinctive, but I just keep falling right on in with Mabel and not thinking so much about Kristen Shaw. Well, especially with Kristen Shaw because she already has another iconic child character with Louise mm-hmm. from Bob's right. Burgers, and like it's the exact. It's I would you know compared to uh, H.M. Benjamin, right? Where it's like Bob and Archer, it's the exact same voice. But something in the delivery and the writing, I never, like, I never have trouble with that at all. I never am reminded of Louise. I never never am reminded of Mabel um, as I watch those those shows, even though, again, Kristen Schaal just sounds like Kristen Schaal. Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty delightful. And I was talking with Marcus before you got here, Allison, a little bit. And there's another element to the character that we're both pretty excited to see get folded in. At a certain point, I don't remember when exactly when it happens, but there is a very intrinsic part of Mabel, and like the when you think of Mabel, it's something that you think of that hasn't happened yet, and so hopefully it's soon. Listeners will know what I'm talking about. So cool, great, can't wait. Yeah. Um, well, our next episodes for next week are going to be episodes uh, uh, seven and eight, and episode seven is called Double Dipper. And episode eight is called Irrational Treasure. <laughs> God, okay. So Double Dipper, I'm going to guess, um, is a is a doppelganger story. Okay. So um, maybe he, like, goes into a mysterious room and there's another version of himself, like a Coraline buttons for eyes type situation. Um, or like a, oh God, I don't know, a device like a cloning device of some sort or um, a mirror universe, something like that. That's my guess for, um, for double dipper. Um, or maybe cause they're twins. Maybe M- Mabel becomes a second dipper and they have to get Mabel. I don't know. Two dippers. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. At least two dippers. Um, doppelganger okay. type story. Irrational treasure is <laughs> that's clearly a national treasure parody. So I'm guessing there's like a town charter for Gravity Falls, or like um like a like a like a bill of Gravity Falls rights or something. And uh, and there'll be some sort of secret map or secret code on the back, and they have to. Please, God, let there be a Nicolas Cage voice cameo. Um, <laughs> that's my real hope. But yeah, I'm guessing that there's some sort of adventure um, historical document reveals untold truth and maybe they have to find treasure or whatever. That's that's my guess there. I feel actually really good about both of those guesses. I feel like <laughs> the, I understand enough about the show now 
that I feel like those are reasonable guesses for this show. It's the first time I've felt that way since we started watching this one. Okay, well, I'm just going to have some... Drink some water? Water here. <laughs> yeah! <sighs> Nailed it! I can tell! <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll leave it there. Marcus, uh, thank you for joining us this week as we, as we talk about these two episodes. And uh, we'll be back next week. Bye! Bye! That's okay. I gave myself a high five and disconnected my headphones while I was doing it, and then I couldn't reconnect them, and then my glasses fell off. It was a whole thing. I didn't. I didn't hear anything you just said. I was too busy congratulating myself and then dealing with the fallout. I just said thank you to Marcus and bye. <laughs> okay. Bye there. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. okay.